The History of Alternative Podcast. A historic look back at everything alternative. Hey, if you're like us, you're crestfallen and brokenhearted to say goodbye to 2020. That's 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 a lie. Uh, the good news is that in spite of the dumpster fire that was 2020, uh, there was plenty of music to get excited about. This is the History of Alternative Podcast. I am John Manley. That is famed seahorse breeder James Van Osdo. And the History of Alternative Podcast is brought to us lovingly by Wintrust. Go to Wintrust.com for locations and information. All right. Uh, it is the end of the year, so you have to do what you have to do on a podcast that celebrates history, and that is to go over the history of the most recent year that was, the year 2020. This is the History of Alternative Podcast, best of 2020. Of course, we'll break down our favorite albums of the year in a bit, James. But before we get there, I want to start with songs. What is your favorite song of 2020? Uh, for me, it was Wet Ass Pussy by Cardi B. Actually, no. It was, I knew uh, it. I didn't even need to ask you the question. I knew that was the answer. It was from a Chicago uh, rapper performer named Wyatt Waddell. He put out a song in the wake of what happened with George Floyd called Fight. It's this big gospel R&B and soulful song. Uh, and it just repeats over and over in an almost cheerful effervescent way there's already so much pain so much pain they got tanks coming through right here and there ain't nothing else you can do it was the right song at the right time it was emblematic of what this year was certainly what that summer was and it's just this really accomplished sounding song again those different elements of music some very distinctly american sounding sounds and it just he's a tremendous talent out of chicago the video went viral ish certainly locally but uh, I think nationwide as well. My pick, hands down, it is "Fight" from Wyatt Waddell. Hey, were you um, were you surprised at all that there wasn't more political music uh, from the alt world? I feel like pop and kind of mainstream music had their moments, but I felt like alternative um, seemed fairly quiet. One hundred percent. I completely agree with you. I mean, Anti-Flag put out an album this year. It was their 12th album called 2020 Vision, which was very much what you'd expect from Anti-Flag. But by and large, the mainstream seemed kind of scared of their own shadow. They didn't want to go there. And this was a moment for Alternative. And I'm, I'm really surprised to your point that more people didn't go in that direction. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of a weird thing where the, the people that did put out um, music about kind of the things that were happening this year um it it wasn't who you kind of i i kept on waiting for somebody to take the like take the baton and carry it like um you know the green days and the rise against of the world like we expect this like this is these are who but if i'm 15 i want someone my age to do that right like it's you know it's kind of like you want someone from your generation you want your voice to be saying things and i don't think we got i I mean we didn't get any of it really uh for the most part from the up-and-coming artists that were out Uh, and and that was kind of a bummer to me i felt like it was it was just disappointing that there was you know, from coming, you know, as a 90s kid who every band was like, I was raised on Rage Against the Machine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 
I would get mad and write a protest song if like the cafeteria soda machine didn't have Coke in it or something. You know what I mean? It was like, let's get mad and, you know, rage about something. And it just like this year where there was a million things to be upset about. Um, and maybe it felt different to being a kind of, you know, in our position as like radio hosts that are trying to kind of walk the line, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's great to have a song that you can kind of go, I can't say this, but you know, so lis true. listen to this song because it kind of makes sense to what I want to say. Um, I, I will, not have that, you know. Keep your eyes and ears. I, I hate to sound like a homer every time I, I open my mic, but keep your eyes and ears on an artist named Blind Adam and the Federal League. They're out of Chicago. It is a rootsy Americana punk type sound. And Adam is all in on those protest political songs. And he has an album coming out next year. I think it's going to be tremendous and right along the lines of what we're talking about. By the way, James and Ozzel, host of Demo 312. You can stream it uh, at 101wkqx.com. Sundays at 10, right? Sundays at 10. Perfect. But yeah, you're right. Like, I just like you look at like a, a grandson who kind of is a, a young version of what Rage Against the Machine was trying to do with kind of the rappy, you know, political things. And it's like, even he didn't, he featured in a lot of stuff, but I was waiting for that like big moment where you're like, boom, here it comes. Here's the new guerrilla radio or something. And we just didn't get that. So uh, anyways, I've, I've waxed poetic about that long enough. Um, my favorite song of the year. I wrote down a couple. If, if you, if you'll humor me and let me kind of go down my list a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Idols uh, has a song called grounds and idols might make my top five albums list too. That album is incredibly good this is um, unexpected oh yeah this is unexpected because i guarantee you no matter what we're talking about idols today perfect and maybe that's the one band that was like oh yeah these guys are pissed and i like it mm -hmm. um my only complaint my critique on idols is they get a little one note like you kind of but at the same time like you're there for that so it's okay but um it may not be my favorite song of the year but my favorite lyric without question of the year is uh in the song uh, Grounds by Idols, it's this really weird keyboard effect and this just like big, banging, booming bass drum. And then him saying, do you hear that thunder? That's the sound of strength in numbers. Yeah. And like, I just remember stopping dead in my tracks the first time I heard that. And I was like, whoa. Yes, <laughs> that is that is one of the best songs on that album. And again, we'll be talking about it later, but not a single thing has ever been mended by you standing there and saying you're offended. I mean, literally every line in that song is tweetable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like all of them are so good. I, I'm biting my tongue because I have more to say about idols, but I'll probably say it a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, if if I was still in, if I had any more room left to get lyric tattoos on my body, as you know, <laughs> it's completely covered. Uh, I say what I mean, I do what I love, and I fucking send it. Like, that's right. Like, that's not even a lyric. That's like a mantra, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, so that makes my list. Um, I also really, really loved um, "Fire for You" uh, from Cannons. Um, I always say on the radio that that song is a vibe. And hearing, like, listening to that song just always makes me think of, like, driving in a car after a very, very long night of partying and just that, like, mood you have where you're like, everything is pretty cool right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I put that up there. But my favorite song of 2020 was uh, Kenny Hoopla, How Will I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway? Not just because the title is incredible, um, <laughs> but because um, kind of like the, the idol song we talked about, that song like stopped me dead in my tracks when I heard it. I mean, legitimately, like, I think I, I'm the dude that will listen to a song 10 times in a row. Like, I'm the worst, but. I think we all do, though. If, if, yeah. the, if it hooks you in, I think we all put it on repeat. Yeah, and, and uh, I was given that by a label, and they're like, hey, what do you think about this song? Like, we're thinking about doing something with it. And I never do this because uh, it's, it's a slippery slope. But um, I, I called them before the song was even over, and I was like, put it out, put it out like right now. This is ridiculous. And it was just everything about it is cool. It's just a cool song. And he's, it's a cool, he, Kenny Hoopla's cool. And he's from the Midwest. So that's kind of a bonus as well. And it's just like all that aside, there's an urgency to that song that is just remarkably cool. I, I love that record. And, and I think that song will be with me for like a very long time. It will not be just like a, you know, you go back and go, oh, I used to love that song. I think that song comes with me. And that is a, an interesting topic because in looking at the albums that came out this year and listening to the albums, one big question I have is which of these albums, especially as I was making this list, which of these albums will I be listening to five or 10 years from now? And I, I wrestled with this because I'm not sure that my top five picks or all the records in my top five picks are things I'll still be listening to. I didn't feel as passionate this year or as connected to full lengths as I have in previous years. Um, I've jumped the shark on that already in my life. Um, I, you know, we live in a digital world now and I, for as much as I love a full album, I'm definitely a playlist guy at this point. So that's a great point. And and I think that's been happening for a couple of years. I, I feel like the only albums I still listen to are from Tame Impala. (laughs) Um, um, because they're complete pieces and they kind of flow together and you know this is probably a good topic for an entire podcast in the future of like what happened to records right Mm -hmm. like albums i should say where and who did we talk to this about was it um was it tim from rise against we were talking about this like a complete piece of work probably it's a topic i keep coming back to and I, I'm kind of reverting back to analog. I'm enjoying buying records now. And I'm, I, I'm enjoying that full immersive side A and side B artistic statement. Yeah. And I think that's why records and cassettes now are having a renaissance because I feel like that's what I like about records. I like not being able to fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you sit not, through the good and bad for better and for worse. Yeah. And, and I think that's why records in the past tend to have more of a lasting effect on people because you know um when you were 13 and you went and bought pearl jam versus it it, like whether it was good or not you had to really kind of love it because it's all you could listen to while you're cutting the grass right like there wasn't a spotify or a line where it's like well i'll just make myself a playlist and i'll be fine it's like Nope. Uh, you know, if I'm going to spend 15 bucks on the Space Hog record, I hope it's not just in the meantime. Spoiler alert, it was just in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> 
Although the next album had Mungo City, which had its charms. Legendary track for Legendary. a lot of reasons. <laughs> uh, JVO, who is your 2020 Rookie of the Year? I wrestled with this one, too. I, I have a rookie on my top five list. So instead of going that route and being redundant, uh, I'm going to go with a British band that I just adored this year, a band called Sports Team. Uh, the lead singer, it, it's I love swagger in rock and roll. And this band, Sports Team, is all about the swagger. The lead singer sounds like the best parts of Jarvis Cocker from Pulp, Damon Albarn from Blur, and Mick Jagger. The, the album's called Deep Down Happy. And it really, it, it struck a nerve with me. I mean, I could have told you that Dominic, Dominic Fike was on my rookie of the year list, but it, for me, it was all about sports team. Um, well, you did not want to be redundant. I, I, I did. Um, my rookie of the year is Kenny Hoopla. Um, I just like everything he put out this year is like blown me away. And I'm just really, really excited to see how he matures and how he grows into um the limelight because it's it's to go from a couple thousand streams to you know the entire radio industry like tweeting about you it has to be a weird experience when you don't see it coming mm -hmm. and you know I, I love artists and mu musicians that are interesting and that'll be a theme when we get to like my albums too and i just think he's really interesting i think he makes really interesting music and I like that he's not really stuck into a genre yet. And I hope he continues to not do that. Like that would, I would love to see. And I think that's maybe where music goes at some point where, you know, we're past the, the, the phase of uh, if Smashing Pumpkins want to add keyboards to a record, we don't all go, oh, this isn't Siamese Dream. This, you can't do that. I don't know if that's the thing anymore. Like I think it's, I, I hope that we're at a place where we're kind of like, oh, cool, they changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that depends on the band and the sound, but um, I'm really excited to see what happens uh, with Kenny uh, as we move forward. We're now on a first name basis, apparently. Sorry, Kenny Hoopla. <laughs> Midwestern, Cleveland, right? There you go. We, we can do that, right? <laughs> Cleveland guy? Uh, Cleveland and then uh, Wisconsin, like Oshkosh, Milwaukee. Okay, the gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to the next topic. If you have a rookie of the year, you got to have an MVP. JVO, MVP of 2020. This is a Chicago-specific answer, but I think it, it applies nationally. For years in Chicago, Local H has been this dependable, workhorse, elder statesman, alternative rock band. And this year, Scott Lucas, the, the main guy of Local H, really stepped up to what was this horrible time for the music industry, the music business, and found ways to innovate around and through COVID. And this is a theme I keep coming back to is taking this awful circumstance of the pandemic and then the unrest, everything. And how do you find new ways to do old things? And I think he planted his flag first, if not early, in every possible situation. He was the first one to bring live music back to the state of Illinois. Uh, he was the first one to do a drive-in show in the month of June. He did it in downstate Illinois. Uh, it was a remarkable experience. And I think it, it, it helped pave the way for others to try that. And I think it led to drive-in theaters popping up all over the place. Uh, he also was one of the first musicians I saw 
doing live stream music right out of the gates. Once we were all locked down, he would just pop up on the local age Facebook account and start doing these wonderful covers of songs. And he took, he used those performances as an opportunity to generate revenue for the shuttered local venues. He did perform, he did a rooftop performance on a local venue to raise money for them. He just was all over using his local celebrity to generate attention to people who really needed help. And I, I thought that was from a local level, I, from an innovation perspective, from a, a charitable perspective, he really was in Chicago an MVP this year. There were plenty of other people doing innovative things, helpful things, remarkable things. But in my corner of the universe, uh, I, I'm naming Scott the MVP. I love it. That's a great call. Um, I would go for me, my MVP, uh, I'm going to go with Travis Barker. Um, I mean, he worked with basically everyone this year. Uh, he's kind of mm-hmm. like the Quavo of the alt world, I feel like. He was just, it's like a 90s rap music when, you know, every producer had their own compilation album, like Swiss Beats and Timbaland and things like that. I feel like that was Travis Barker this year. And I I kind of get annoyed like when he just pops up doing drums for a lot of stuff because it's so just like, it's just a song with a drum solo in it. And you're like, oh, there's Travis Barker. Who cares? Kind of. Um, I think he really stepped into like a producer and mentor role um, this year. And it's kind of interesting, uh, the songs and sounds that have come out of it. Um, you know, Youngblood, um, Grandson, um, Kenny Hoopla. And, you know, probably the most successful alternative record of the year machine gun kelly like he took a, a a rapper and made a really good pop punk record that you well, know that, that's what i was going to say who would have ever picked machine gun kelly to resuscitate pop punk on a national level it's bizarre right and that's a weird <laughs> that's a weird uh 2020 uh pin right where you look mm-hmm. back on this and you go machine gun kelly huh and and you know it was interesting because i was so against that at first um just because like the guy had a beef with eminem and it's like white rapper dude and it's kind of annoying really more than anything right um but you you kind of like you kind of have to just listen to the music and you you can't really deny it like whether you like pop punk or not is your own you know opinion but like you can hear the song and go well that's that's a good song Yep. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of a, I have a, a sorted history with, with a band who had a really big hit about six, seven years ago. Um, and when it was presented to me, I kind of told like the, their people that unless it was the best song ever, I would never play it just out of spite. Like literally I was like, I have one chip to catch in my entire life and this is going to be the one and I'm not going to play it just to be a jerk. And then I heard it and like called them back and was Oh, uh, it is the best song I ever heard. I'll play it. I'll tell you what it, I'll tell you offline, which band it is, but it, like, that was my thing with machine gun Kelly too. I was like, I don't want to do this. I, I just, I don't buy it. Is it just a weird career pivot to try to sell records? And then you hear the record and you're like, this is actually really good. Yeah. I, it was a surprise. Yeah. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it too. And actually that, you know, we were just talking about albums as a whole. 
that album actually does progress fairly well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe that makes your top five. We'll find out because let's get into it. Let's do it. Your top five albums of 2020. Now, now what's good list form? Do we go back and forth on this? Yeah, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go back and forth? I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I went five to one. I think I just listed five albums. But I can, I can run it in order if you want to real quick. Let's go. Give me, your, give me your number five. Let's just do this. Give me your number five. Number five, Mark Lanigan, Straight Songs of Sorrow, his 12th studio album. Mark Lanigan is, <laughs> Mark Lanigan's voice is the voice you hear when you make it to heaven or when you make it to hell. I'm convinced. Uh, that is perfect. So this album came out right as pandemic fatigue was really settling in and his voice i mean it's it's soaked in bourbon it, it just is this world weary croaky voice he has and this album was the companion to an autobiography he put out called sing backwards and weep and for context i mean he's had a much longer career as a solo artist but we all first came to know him as the singer of screaming trees you know i love my slow burning songs there's a song in here called skeleton key it's like seven plus minutes it has this wonderful momentum that gradually builds uh, John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin and them Crooked Vultures uh, makes an appearance on a song called Ballad of a Dying Rover, which is just spectacular. Uh, John Paul Jones plays the Mellotron and you've got Mark Lanigan's voice singing things like, I'm just a man. I'm a sick, sick man. And then death is my due. I mean, this is this is the sound of dark desperation that came out right as I was feeling it during the pandemic. Uh, this will always remind me of 2020. Mark Lanigan is super overlooked. Uh, if you're looking for a place to start with him, um, uh, Harborview Hospital, just go listen to that song. It will, it will, it will bring you to your knees. It is just yes. the most, God damn, he's so good. He's so he's good. He's so good. He's so good. Good call. Great call. Um, my number five album of the year, I'm going to go uh, with Pearl Jam's Gigaton because I have to. There are rules to this game, and if Pearl Jam releases a record, it goes into my top five of the year. It's just the way it has to be. <laughs> um, uh, but I will say, even though this is the obligatory I Love Pearl Jam moment, um, I really love this record because I feel like this was the moment that Pearl Jam settled into being a couple of old guys making music. And not in an, I don't mean that as a negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they kind of, after they, they, they went through that phase where they were trying to rebel against what they were. And then they got into a place where they were trying to figure out who they were going to be next. And I feel like this record just feels settled. That's a good way to look at it. And going back to what you were saying about the pumpkins, we as fans need to allow our artists to take chances and move ahead and settle into their artistic vision. I think there are some moments on this album that are musically unexpected, but sound spectacular. I think it is a really good album from them. Cosign. That's why it's on my list, James. Uh, give me your number four. My number four comes from a rookie. The band's name is Rookie. The album's name is Rookie. This is counter to what I was saying about Lanigan. This what's is, the song? What's the uh, what's the lead single? <laughs> I can't have you, but I want you. Yeah, counter to what I was saying uh, about Lanigan. <laughs> this is a bright, breezy, almost California vibey album. It, it really is a synthesis of all these great American rock sounds. The harmonies on this are fantastic. It's a, just a great power pop 
album. They're from Chicago, true to Midwestern tradition. It is a power pop album. Uh, they're just wonderful songs on there, like Let's Get It Right and Side of the Road. This was a pick-me-up album, and it, it sure felt right once the sun made its presence felt more often in the summer. It was, I have the windows down as I'm working from home. This album's playing. I, I love it. I have to check that out. My number four, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Like uh, you kind of lean towards Chicago, you're Chicago centric. Um, you know, I've only lived here for a year, but I spent a lot of time in Seattle before I moved out here. And I find that my list is like Seattle centric. Mm-hmm. So um, from Pearl Jam, um, I'll pick another band out of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this band is called Car Seat Headrest. Um, I don't know if there is a band that makes more interesting music than this band. Will Toledo is kind of the band. He, he's it's kind of a Tame Impala situation where it's it's one guy who makes the record and then the band goes out with him. But um, I, his name's Will Toledo, and I I just think he's a genius. I, I like I truly think he's a musical genius, and he makes weird music that somehow is still accessible um, from songs like Hollywood, um, Life Worth Missing, and then there's a song called Deadlines. Uh, thoughtful in parentheses. I don't know how you ever say that, but that just, it's like an adventure. Like w- one song is, is an adventure that takes you to a bunch of places. And if you don't know car seat headrest, start anywhere literally uh, and, and, and take a peek because he's, it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. All right. My number three is by my estimation, the best album that run the jewels have put out to date, RTJ four. They put it out free on digital as they do. Uh, put it out a couple days early because of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. The first song on the album, Yankee and the Brave, episode four, just out of the gate, just lets you know that this is an artist to take notice of, that means something, that is valid and important in 2020. Uh, Zach De La Roca and Pharrell are on a song called Just that line, look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. That sticks out. And then toward the end of the album, there's a wonderful song where you hear Mavis Staples' voice, uh, the Mavis chorus on pulling the pin. And at best, I'm just getting it wrong. And at worst, I've been right from the start. There's a grenade in my heart and the pin is in their palm. Oh, my God. Now, John, you may know Mavis Staples. Well, she's a legend. She's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. But, of course, for the Christmas Vacation title song. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Nailed it. But this, this album, I think, finds Run the Jewels at their most accomplished, at their ferocious best. And as we're talking about protest music at the beginning of this episode, Run the Jewels are definitely on the front line of raising social issues and putting them top of mind. I, I think this is just start to finish a really solid album. Well, this is really awkward because uh, Run the Jewels, RTJ4, is my number two album. <laughs> okay. Before we started this podcast and on social media, I said, I bet there's at least one album that we overlap on. This was the one I thought we would overlap on. I, when we made the joke about Hum, um, which was number six for both of us, I'm sure. Um, but we, we made that joke uh, online when, I, when we were talking about it. And honestly, I knew this would be the one. When, yeah. when we said that that wasn't, I was like, what could it be? Oh, it's got to be this gotta mm-hmm. be this this is where we intersect this it's moment so right here it's just so so I'll, I'll skip my number three my number three album was tame impala uh the slow rush like i said i think kevin parker is the the best musician right now period and 
everything they do is really, really great. So I can wax poetic about that later, but I'll skip ahead to my number two because we're on the topic. Um, I feel like some bands come along when you need them to. And in a year as insanely messed up as this, we needed somebody, we, we were talking about this earlier, so we needed somebody to kind of like vocalize the frustration and the confusion and the anger that we were all feeling. And in 2020, I don't know if there is a voice better suited for that than Killer Mike. Agreed. And, and LP may be one of the most over or underrated rappers, MCs of all time as well. Like he is insane. Like they're both just top of their game. This album has them both on the top of their game. They've just, they're so good at what they do. And to continually see them elevate is just, it's just amazing. Run the Jewels is, it's gone from like a kind of a cool novelty spinoff project to, I mean, RTJ Ford, just listen to it. It's, yeah, it's absolutely best. outrageous. So uh, we've turned the tides a little bit. I've skipped ahead. So I've just given you my number two. Why don't you give me yours? It is a band called Ganser. It's their second album called Just Look at That Sky. Short album, nine songs. This album is Sonic Youth for people who can't stand the thought of listening to Sonic Youth. <laughs> it is post-punk. It is artistic. It is experimental. Uh, there's this barn-burning opening song on it called Lucky, which I adore. And they just they take chances with what they do. You were talking about artists who make interesting music. That's Ganser. That's this album. Just look at this sky. Uh, another song on there called Emergency Equipment and Exits just essentially collapse on itse- collapses on itself in the middle of the song, and it goes in all kinds of strange directions. I cannot wait to see what they do next because two albums in, they keep changing things up and challenging me as a listener, and I, I love this ride that they put me on. I, I, they're a Chicago band, uh, two female leads. They're fantastic a band that sounds like sonic youth when you don't want to listen to sonic youth that is god damn it that's funny <laughs> that's really 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 good <laughs> all right uh, here's the awkward part where i think we're both gonna have the same number one you think so nope no we are not okay i'll give you i'll give you my number one first my number one album of 2020 is mac miller circles yep not not the same Go no, ahead. I, I knew we wouldn't. I, I, when you said that, I was like, no chance. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. Um, Mac Miller finally figured it out. Um, you know, he, he started uh, as kind of like a frat rap superstar, for lack of a better term, um, and, and rapped about nothing of consequence. It was all, you know, party music, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but he graduated from that to this full-fledged voice of that genre essentially and unfortunately instead of leading that generation uh to you know the generation of like grown-up soundcloud rappers for lack of a better term to bigger and better um you know he passed and instead he just left the, the blueprint and you know if 2020 has taught us anything it's that mental health is really important and it's something that we should all take very seriously and something that we should be unafraid to discuss right and 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 unafraid to deal with and boy if if that album isn't the soundtrack to 
you know, the, the soundtrack to that sitting in your living room, staring at a great Chicago sky, not being able to go outside and going, what the hell happens next? Um, I don't know what is, you know, um, it's just, it really, it's, I hate when you say like, it sounds even better. No, like posthumously, cause that's a horrible kind of way to frame it. Mm-hmm. But there is something ab- about going, this guy's gone. And this was kind of the swan song. It's like, you know, it's, it's, where did you sleep last night from Nirvana at the end of Unplugged where it's like that's an incredible moment regardless but that's the last recorded piece of audio from Kurt yeah so it means more right and I feel like this album is that it's just such a it's really good and I know I lean more hip-hop than most but like you don't have to like rap to like this record it's it's I expect it to win a Grammy this year to be honest with you I really do and if you haven't spent some time with it I cannot encourage you enough to do it it's really really great so my number one, we, we hinted towards it. It is Ultramano from the band yes. Idols. This is the album I listened to more than any other this year. Not even close. I have dreams about some of these songs. And, and by that, I mean, I, I think about the lyrics and the noises that this album makes in my sleep. I'll wake up thinking, oh, that's right. Last night I had a dream about the song War or... Mr. Motivator, for some reason, appeared in my dream. These songs haunt me. And you have to understand, where I come from, where where my mind is musically, I loved bands like The Fall. I love bands like The Jesus Lizard. This band, to me, sounds like both bands. And in fact, David Yao of The Jesus Lizard is on this album. You mentioned the lyrics for the song Grounds, which awesome uh also throughout model village is such a great song and right out of the gate there's a song called war on this idols album that it just it sounds like unlike anything else you've heard this year it opens up with watching that's vocalized that's the sound of the sword going in clack 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 a clang clang that's the sound of the gun going bang bang these are the lyrics that haunt me in my sleep uh this is this is how I understand alternative music to be. This is what this to me is like a textbook example of what an alternative band is. I have yet to see them live and it pains me. Uh, so I've been stuck going down the rabbit hole of watching performance videos on YouTube this year. This is just, this is the band. They are exciting. They are challenging. They are fierce. They are unapologetic. Uh, a lot of what they say and do is just a giant middle finger in the air. I, this is, such a strong album and I, I said this earlier but this for sure is an album i'll listen to five years ten years down the road it's, it's just that good um you, you'll appreciate this because i have a friend um who is very excited that we do a podcast together first and foremost as a fan from the 101 wkqx early days and he i think for legitimately uh, a month straight only sent me lyrics from idol songs for, for about a month straight just text me four times a day just lyrics <laughs> from their record so uh a, a worthy number one for sure <laughs> for sure it's kind of like it's it it is the you know maybe at the beginning of this conversation i was like we were saying how we felt like there wasn't that record that kind of was the what the hell is going on this year record or band it's probably it 
probably is. And I, I meant to give credit. The lead singer's name is Joe Talbot. I, I, it fell out of my head. Joe Talbot, what an interesting, charismatic, compelling vocalist he is. There's such an element of danger with them. That's it. And that, that's what I loved about the Jesus Lizard, too. That, like that, that was I remember when when Queens of the Stone Age, you know, appeared on the scene. There was this like, oh, these guys are trouble. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Well, I mean, the first thing I heard from from Queens well, of the Stone Age was the feel good song of the summer: nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, marijuana, ecstasy, and alcohol. Cocaine. Yeah, that was dangerous. Right. Yeah, that was pretty instant. You're like, oh, this is going to be a thing here. This is going to be wild. <laughs> so I, I'm glad we only had one overlap. It gave us an excuse to talk about a bunch of stuff. We were close to two. We were very close to two, maybe even three. So I'm glad we had a little bit of a, a, a differentiating. That would have been awkward if our top fives exactly matched. Um, so as we put a bow on 2020, um, I'm going to ask you two questions at once. One, <laughs> as we wrap up 2020, what musical aspect of 2020 can go straight to hell and never come back? It dies on New Year's Eve. And what is next for music? Oh, boy. Are you going to answer these two? Say yes. Sure. Okay. The trend I would love to see go away is drive-in concerts. They were important in the moment. It was a good thing at the time. I would be totally okay if they just went away forever. And we got back to normal in that respect. I love, I love the, I love the drive-in. To me, it's a quintessential American concept. But let's leave it for movies. And then the next question is, where are things going? Yep. I've said this for a while. I still believe this. I, I want to believe this. I, I believe the guitar will return to mainstream music. I, I think in the cyclical world that the musical universe is in, and, and mixing metaphors. I, I think the guitar has to swing back, and I think we'll see that. It, I was heartened by the Machine Gun Kelly album. I thought, well, okay, he's bringing pop punk back to the mainstream. I, I think guitar-based music will follow. I, I think it's long overdue, just statistically speaking, and I think that's where we're heading. But you're the guy who's sitting in the music director chair, so you probably have a better take on that. Uh, that kind of actually is my take. Um, uh, what can go to hell from 2020? Um, TikTok records for me <laughs> thank you amen. Um, amen just because there's a hook and there's seven million videos of 12 year old girls dancing to it doesn't mean it's ready for primetime radio and i think it's a dangerous game that our world plays while we search for what's next mm -hmm. uh grasping at straws in every story you can find because I think there's a lot of fool's gold in that and it can lead us into some pretty dangerous weird places and not weird like car seat headrest is good weird uh weird as in what the hell is going on here why mm -hmm. are what is Ashniko? you know what I mean um just not to talk trash about Ashniko, but you know point being um I, I would love to never have to get um sold on a song that came from tiktok right uh I, I guess the thing that annoys me the most is when i listen to music around the house and uh every third song my girlfriend chimes in from the other room that's on tiktok 
um, oh bless her heart. She's just trying to help, but it's like, it was something before it was on there. God damn it. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's a song. It's not a soundtrack to a dance. God damn it. It just drives me crazy. So I would love to not have to deal with that hype. Uh, that so far has bared no fruit for us. Um, as far as what's next, I, I, I think you're spot on. I think, um, I think guitar music from people of color is the next big thing. Interesting. Um, I mean, Bacar, um, I mean, God, I, I hate to keep saying it, but like Kenny Hoopla's one, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's elements of alternative on the juice world record that came out. And that's the line I'm trying to differentiate from. Like, I, I, not like the 24 K golden Dominic Fike stuff, but like, actual rockers i guess for lack of a better term um i think there's a whole ground so Jaden is one um jayway is one there's a lot of really interesting music being made by people of color that you wouldn't expect sonically to come from that world i mm -hmm. guess um and i'm really excited to see like a lot of it's very punk rocky and i'm very excited to see if that bears um a movement and if we get involved with that would be really really cool but we'll have to wait and see and with that 2020 is over hallelujah praise uh, the lord we're, we're taking the next two weeks off for the holidays we hope that you have a wonderful healthy happy holiday and we'll be back in 2021 happy holidays y'all the History of Alternative podcast is recorded at the 101 WKQX Studios in Chicago. Subscribe on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. 